Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church is located in Keller, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Now, let's prepare our hearts for this week's message. In talking about food, I had a massive family fail. Yeah, I'm going to be vulnerable here. I'm going to be totally raw and honest. Massive family fail. I was sent to the grocery store. (laughs) I got a thumbs up. And uh, this time it was my son. He was like, Dad, Dad, if we could just get some cereal in here. Because, you know, we're always pressing them toward the healthy, you know. And, you know, my heart melted a little and I, I had a weakness moment. I was like, all right, bro, what kind of cereal do you want, man? He's like, if you're ever there, I want some Captain Crunch. <laughs> like, as long as we're being unhealthy, <laughs> c'est la vie. So... Uh, I, uh, I came back and I walked in from the store and I, I said, hey, Susan, check this out. And I pulled out some Captain Crunch. She goes, no, you didn't. I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> and she said, well, you better get ready for some feedback. Now, the thing you gotta know about our family, we're all alphas. Like every kid, <laughs> mom's an alpha, dad's an alpha. So I'm, I'm used to feedback. And, uh, and, so, and so I said, what do you mean? She said, just wait, he'll text you. And so I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, bro. I said, I, said uh, I got you some cereal, check it out. And so, you know, maybe half a day later when he got home and he was excited to go get his little Captain Crunch, I guess, he texts me, he goes, bro, what is this? I'm like, what do you mean? You know, he's like, this is not my Captain Crunch. I'm like, what are you talking about? See, when I think Captain Crunch, I think old school, all yellow. I don't experiment with the berries. I just got five new Keystone Unlock signups right there. I'm like, this is my church. I don't experiment with the berries. I don't do that, man. I'm, I'm old school. Well, he likes the berries. And for him, it's not Captain Crunch without the fruit. So today we're gonna talk about spiritual fruit. We're gonna talk about the fruit of the spirit, the real deal, and you will not leave disappointed. You see, there is, for many of us, a gap. There's a gap between what the life we're living right now and the life we know, we innately sense that we should be living. That there's a gap between who we are right now and who something deep inside of us is telling us we could be. Today we're gonna close the gap. If you're a Christ follower today, maybe there was a moment where you gave your life to Christ and you were thriving, you were flourishing, but today, if I were to check your spiritual temperature. Today you would say, there's a gap. And maybe your gap is the gap between where I am right now and where I know I've been. I miss the peace, I miss the joy. I wanna wanna close the gap for you because your high school camp experience, when you were on fire for the Lord, that should not be the pinnacle of your experience with God. 
Well, you know those students, they're all fired up. I refuse to give in to that narrative. We invite the students, you gotta know how I talk to the students. I'm like, you gotta lead, you gotta help us. Get in the room, sing loud, because we need your energy. And I'm telling you, we refuse to give in to the narrative that over there, they're the young, excited ones, and we're the tired ones, we've been through it. And that's maturity. Spiritual maturity is those of us tired, those of us that know it all. I say that's not spiritual maturity. There's a gap in your life. And there are others of us that there's a gap between what, where you think you are and the reality of where you are. And we're gonna to try to close that too. So the fruit of the spirit, Galatians chapter five. This is one of those as you turn to it, as you write it down in your notes, as you type it in your notes, because we really believe. And I also say to the students around here whenever I speak that note takers are world changers. There you go. So that's true for kids, it's true, true for students, it's true for all of us. So Galatians chapter five, verse 16. Paul says to this sweet church, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the thesis. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. How honest. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the likes, things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We'll pause right there, I'll keep on going. Just pause right there. Just wanna make a note that Paul was encountering a world that was as lost and maybe even as more outwardly, obviously crazy than the world that we're in right now. And Paul did not accommodate himself to the lost world. Paul drove hard into the paint and he called sin, sin. I just read a good little list of sin. Go to Romans chapter one, you'll read another good list of sin. Paul was not afraid to call sin, sin, because clarity is kindness. In pursuit of sentimentality and wanting to get along, we can rob people that we love of the greatest gift of all, and that is living in the truth. So we've gotta be a people who live in the truth, call sin, sin, and this, this is some counterfeit way of living called the flesh. We just read a good little list, not an exhaustive list, good little list. Then verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Boy, what a list. Wouldn't it be great to live that list? I don't know, parents, wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want your daughters to marry a guy who's living that list? Isn't that what we've all prayed for? For your sons to marry daughters that live that list? Young married couples, don't you pray for your in-laws to live that list? 
How about if you had a boss? What if you had a boss that lived that list? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You see, this is authentic life. I'd, I'd like to think that this life right here, that list, this life, that this life is the life you would have lived had sin not wrecked at all. More on that in a moment. He says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such thing there is no law. In other words, you do all of that perfectly and you're breaking no laws. You're breaking no laws. You're, that's, that's, that's an amazing list. There is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The title today, we're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're in a series called Gifted. If you're a guest here today, we're in a series called Gifted, where we're talking about the third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about all that's available to you and all that will empower your life, the presence and the power and the person of God, the Holy Spirit. To understand the fruit of the Holy Spirit, go to Galatians, I'll read you again, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So before we can talk about fruit, we've gotta address this flesh that he's talking about. They have crucified the flesh. Those who are in the spirit, those who have fruitful life, they have crucified the flesh. So what is the flesh? What is the flesh? How do we define flesh? The flesh, Galatians chapter two gives us a clue, just a couple of chapters before. I have been crucified. So it says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh in five, now in chapter two, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, I, I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So there it is, he, he gives us clarity. It's no longer I, so what's the flesh? The flesh is I, me, ego, fallenness, brokenness, sinfulness, weakness, that's the flesh. I don't think one word is, is sufficient to really describe the flesh. It's the, it's the ego, it's the I, it's the me. It's that broken part of me, it's, it's the magnetic pull. Even the Apostle Paul, he said it this way, he said, you know, guys, I deal with the flesh too, he said. He said, there are things that I, I know that I should not do, and I do. That's Paul. Paul said, I have a magnetic pull toward the things I know I should not do, the Bible tells me I should not do, but I want to do it. That desire to do that is the pull of the flesh. But he then turned it and he said, also, there are these things I know I should do and I don't. Sin of commission, sin of omission, flesh. The flesh says, don't do the right thing. The flesh says, don't listen to the voice of God. The flesh says, don't pray radical prayers. The flesh says, water down your faith. The flesh says, live a safer life. The flesh pulls you away from the things you know you should do, and it magnetically pulls you down, down, down toward the things you know you should not do. That's the flesh. So you have to answer for yourself, 
Where is the pull in your person? Where's the pull? How are you pulled? What does it look like? What are those desires? I can't answer it for you. It is the flesh. And this is a lifelong journey of identifying like Paul led us to do, of identifying the pull. And then Paul went on to say, so what's the answer? It's Jesus. Crucified, risen Christ, paid the price so you can have power over the flesh. So you're not a victim to the flesh. And it's a lifelong journey, like we just read, where the spirit and the flesh, the spirit opposes the flesh, and the flesh opposes the spirit. Who's gonna win in your life? So I had a marriage moment, and I mentioned it, I think last week, where I mentioned that I had God the Spirit just really spoke to my heart about a little tweak in my marriage. Does anybody know that after you've been married 26 years, <laughs> that was WWF, by the way, before it was WWE. That was the Hulkster. Okay. Does anybody know after 26 years of marriage that there's still work to be done? Even in a marriage that I would define as we are madly in love with one another, we have never been closer, our communication's never been better, we have a lot, we could teach on marriage, we could do conferences, we'll be doing a conference in a week on marriage, yet there's still work to be done. And God really began to speak to me about a tweak that needed to occur. He began to show me something that needed to change. I mentioned that we're all alphas, and we all give feedback. Another thing is we're big communicators. We like to communicate. We're big communicators. And, and so when you're strong, and you're giving feedback, and you're communicators, and you're close, and you're wanting to be real, and you're authentic, God showed me that we were missing something. And it was there, it just needed to be stronger. And that was how we serve one another. Some of y'all are like, no, duh, Jesus. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes he just hits you over the head with something that is so simple. But God just told me, we need to serve one another. In other words, and what that looked like for us is, you know, we're so real, we're so raw, we're so vulnerable, we're so communicating, but we need to just dial up, dial up, and we don't have a marriage of dishonor. I don't want you to miss, we don't have dishonor, but dial up the honor. Like, how can I honor her? What can I do for her? What can I, and really start just thinking, because what I begin to see in myself, she'll have to tell you her version. There's not a lot to share, okay? <laughs> but in my version, my part of the story is I began to sense a selfishness that I didn't like. How, how am I being served? Right? You want to know what that subtle thing in my marriage, the little bitty root, little bitty root, had not grown big yet. That little thing, you want to know what that was in my life? Flesh. It's the flesh. The flesh that's sometimes as we're very busy, we can be abrupt, but she's strong, we're all good. I'm strong, we're all good, we're good. But then God said, no, be a little more polite, like, hi, baby. You know, just, 
tone. Tone is everything, dudes. Tone. Um, hey, uh, babe. That right there versus, hey, babe. Two totally different worlds. <laughs> hey, babe. Flesh. Hey, uh, babe, you are led by the Holy Spirit of God. You're filled by the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> and you have the fruit of the Spirit of God. So it's little things like that that I want to walk you into as you walk with the Spirit. If you're willing, he'll give you little bitty tweaks that lead to supernatural peaks. And we've loved it. I told her, I said, if we'll, if we'll really commit to just fine-tuning the way we engage one another and have a servant spirit, I think we're gonna really like it. I think we're gonna really like it. And so uh, she's been doing an awesome job. And I'm sure she would tell you I have been too. <laughs> but I really, really like it. I hope she does too. Galatians chapter four clarifies, okay? Clarifies this flesh versus spirit mindset. How do I know if I'm in the flesh? How do I know if I'm in the spirit? And what does that look like? Well, in Galatians 4, just one chapter earlier, he gives us a really cool picture. And it gives us a picture that I want to, I want to sit on for a second, because I think it's going to help some of us identify where we are. He said, I mean that the heir, H-E-I-R, the heir, as long as the heir is a child. So if this child is parentless and has inherited a great sum of money, that child, he's describing a child that has come into an incredible amount of money, while he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. He's playing, he's a child. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So you see this picture of a, of a son who has inherited an incredible amount of money, but he has, he's under a conservative ship. What is it? Conservative ship? We should all know this from Brittany, okay? What is it? Thank you, I'll just let y'all be on the record. Under guidance, because you're a child. You should not be making decisions with that money. You should, because you're a child. You haven't grown into maturity, okay? That's important. Verse six, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Now he's applying the image. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, that was, uh, that was their language for father, daddy, father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And so this picture is a powerful picture because what he's saying to some of you that are living in the gap you know there's a distance between where you are and where you want to be, where you need to be, where you should be. There's a gap between where you are and where you've been before, and you wish you could get back. What he's saying here is, if you have the Spirit of God, if you have applied the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed upon the cross and you allowed and received him as your substitute for your sin where he took the wrath of God and you received the righteousness of Jesus. If you've had that moment with the called the great exchange where you received all of the blessings from God and Jesus went to the cross and received all of the curse for all of our sin. If you're in, you've crossed the line of faith, you've had that moment, you have the spirit of God. We talked about this last weekend. You, in that moment, the Holy Spirit 
you were baptized into a relationship with God made possible through the Spirit. That was what we talked about last week. You could, talk, you could look more on that. Go online, check that out. Now, what this means is, if you are a Christ follower, you have inherited the power and you have access to the presence and you have inherited the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit of God. So why the gap? Why the gap? Maybe because though you are an heir, you have not yet inherited. You haven't taken hold of your inheritance. You're still walking around like you got nothing. You walk around like you have no money in the bank and you've got a trust that is, you are loaded. You're walking around like you're poor. You have the resources for what you need and you're stressed out because you can't pay it. Now I'm talking spiritually here. What God has done, God has deposited an inheritance, have you grabbed it? Or are you settling for mud pies when God sets up filet mignon? Are you settling for a lesser life when God wants to empower you for a supernatural life? And maybe it's because you are wooed by the flesh. You're wooed by the flesh. We call it deconstruction. Deconstruction, you may have never heard that. I'd say a lot of you probably haven't. Deconstruction is a thing. And what it means is it's a kind of a, a young generation thing where some are, who grew up in church are deconstructing their faith. They're upending everything they've learned and they're finding a faith, and often when they talk about deconstruction, it's a faith that waters down the Bible, that reads, picks and chooses the scriptures that we wanna read, kinda pushes off away from the local church, has some kind of spirituality, deconstruction. If you are a Christ follower and you have started down that path, let me help you, I wanna encourage you, I wanna help you. What you are doing is you are following the flesh. You're following the flesh. Meaning, you are in a status where you're allowing the pull of the enemy who has a strategy against you to alienate and isolate you from the people who love you, from the community that loves you, and most importantly, from the God that loves you. We go to the gym, and when we go to the gym, what do we do? We lift, okay, are we, we go to the gym? We lift, and when you lift, you challenge yourself. When you challenge yourself, what you're doing is you're giving your muscles what they need to break down and build up so you can be healthy. Or you could just go do nothing weight and say, I went to the gym. What I'm talking about following the flesh is nothing gym. No leg day ever. Never challenge the amount. You only do what you feel like you can do where God is calling us, no, I'm gonna give you a list of flesh and it's gonna get very hot in here. And when I give you that list, at some point you're gonna go, ooh, ah, ugh, ugh. Why? Because clarity is kindness, repentance is beautiful, and we wanna get you to life in the spirit, okay? You may be someone that has dabbled with the flesh and it's making you miserable. I wanna invite you into life in the spirit. But I also wanna warn you, 
He said, those who live this list do not inherit the kingdom of God. God gives us a warning, and so as the deliverer of God's word, I wanna give a warning as well. You grew up in church. You have a picture of your baptism. You had decent attendance on Wednesday nights. Um, You've been around the things of God. But can I encourage you, there's two types of people in this story, the heir and the slave. Did you know you could be around the things of God and never possess the person of God? You can be in the Father's house and never have the Father's heart. And so what I wanna encourage you with, and, and I know this is heavy, and maybe even it's, your heart's beating a little bit, You say, Brandon, I've been around church my whole life. You could be around church, but have you encountered God? Have you truly received the crucified and risen Christ? Because here's what I wanna tell you. Maybe, just maybe, it's so hard for you and you'll always feel pulled over here and you're getting tired. You're getting tired because you see life in the spirit as the Bible is read, as it is preached, as your friends around you are living it, and you see the Bible preach over here, maybe you're married to someone that's really living it, and it's for you, it's just so hard. It's just so hard, I don't wanna pray, I don't wanna read my Bible, I don't really wanna go to church, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna listen, I don't wanna take notes, I don't wanna do any of that. Now, I'm no judge of your soul, but could I gently warn you, or maybe loudly warn you, you may not be saved. Now, I don't mean that angry. I am pleading for you right now, and I want to encourage you. Here's how I want to encourage you. You ready? If you've grown, around, grown up around religion, but you've never possessed it for yourself, number one, great encouragement, God offers it to you today. You have an inheritance, and you can become a son, a daughter of the Most High God today. You can cross the line of faith today. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Don't try to figure it out for the next six months. Let's cross the line today and let's figure out all your questions on the other side of faith, but let's figure it out today. Cross the line of faith today. Don't don't presume anything. Let's just simply cross the line of faith and then I'm in. Let's go. Here's another encouragement. The Christianity you thought you were living, it wasn't the real deal which means you're about to experience something you've never experienced before, ever. And it's gonna get good. It's gonna get real good. Could we in this room encourage those that are right now thinking about what we're dealing with? Can we encourage those to cross the line of faith? Because this is a house that believes in salvation. We're for you. Well, but to the Christ follower who is feeling the pull of the flesh, I really wanna challenge you. Stop dabbling with the flesh. You gotta take it seriously and run toward the spirit. Okay, Brandon, but how do I conquer this flesh? How do I really, I wanna do it. How do I do it? It's kind of like gravity. 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 Sir Isaac Newton was laying, and a story goes that uh, an apple hit his head, and all of a sudden, he came up with the theory of gravity. There he is. That's more like Fabio model Isaac Newton. Wow. I believe we have gravity. 
I always thought he was a little skinnier. But anyway, versus the law of aerodynamics. Gravity is that force that pulls things down. The law of aerodynamics, which puts planes in the sky, conquers, confronts, and elevates past the law of gravity and source. And that is what it looks like in our spiritual life. We all have the pull of the flesh that takes us down. The life of the spirit is that power that breaks the law of the flesh, conquers it, dominates it, and puts you into flight. That's the spirit that I'm gonna introduce you to today. That's what it looks like to walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, 16. I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You won't want to. You won't want to. You'll want to, but you won't want to. Huh? Hang with me. You'll want to, but you won't want to. You will feel the pull of your desires, but there is a greater desire that confronts that desire, and that is the desire to walk by the Spirit. And we'll break that down. Your little want to needs to be conquered by your bigger want to. That's where it's all at. How does that look like? What does that look like? Well, just that, that image of walking, that image of walking. First, you need to check your desires. And this will help you even to know, am I an heir who's just been playing with the flesh and not experiencing my full potential? I've got an inheritance, but I haven't taken hold of it. Or am I the slave in the, in the, in the story where I do, not, I do not own anything? It's a very raw image, but that's what lostness looks like. Which one am I? Well, do you even have a desire? Check your desires. That's number one. Do you want it? Do you want it? You say, Brandon, I want it, but I fail. Okay, we can work with that. We can work with that. But show me some desire. Failure's a part of life. Messing up's a part of life, but show me some, show me some fire. Show us some desire. Show us some heart. Show us some, I really want it. And can I, can I give you a little test? Are you willing to pray this radical prayer? God, if there is more of you that I am not experiencing right now, I want more. What if there was more? What if there's more? Ah, there it is. So we're like, I don't wanna pray that. I don't wanna pray that, why? Why? Maybe the tradition you grew up in? Maybe that freaks you out a little bit? Am I gonna be one of these Bible thumpers, holy rollers? Jesus freaks? Yeah! America! What am I gonna be? Am I gonna be? Yeah, yeah, you just, you, you, you may be to the glory of God. To the glory of God, Bible thumper. Jesus freak. You're gonna be it, it's okay. Don't worry about what happens. Just ask yourself, what would hold me back from praying that big prayer? God, I want all that you got for me. I don't wanna hold back. That prayer changed my wife's life. She said, God, if there's more of you, I wanna know more of you. And it stripped away some traditions that she had been under and she began to experience God in a fresh new way. I have never met someone who said, God, I want more of you. And God began to reveal himself through scripture in the local church, healthy local church, that they were not thriving. Miracles, healings, help, 
attitude, emotions. Do you even have the desire? Next, if I'm walking, this metaphor of walking in the spirit. Next, you got a destination. There's a destination, you got direction. So where am I going? You find that by where you are right now. As we read the scripture, God begins to point out things that are in the spirit versus things that are in the flesh. God begins to point out, oh, that thing I've been doing, that's sin. Now I want spirit, like in my life. God began to point out, and that was all built on reading scripture and being in a community of faith and me praying to the Lord and walking through this series and me leaning in like I'm asking you to lean in. And God began to whisper in my ear about a little bitty tweak. And what God began to show me is, okay, the way that, the way that you've been doing some little bitty subtle things over here, it's not going to be so subtle in five years. So you need to put that away and you need to change the direction and go with the spirit. And guess what? I wanted it. I wanted a good marriage. I want a marriage filled by the Holy Spirit of God. I wanna be my best for her, and I think my kids deserve the best of me. And so I wanted it, so I began to say, okay, we're gonna change our tone, we're gonna change the way we honor one another, we're gonna change all that, and it wasn't horrible, y'all wouldn't have even noticed. We do. And then I began to change my direction. I began to set my eyes on another thing. That may be a life without addiction. It may be a, a life with, with your mind pure. What is it? I can't answer that, but maybe God's already bringing it to you. Evaluate your direction and identify your dependency. Identify your dependency. You know, you never know what you have in your legs until you lose them. My dad, he just came out of a, about eight, 10 weeks ago, he just came out of a major surgery, cervical surgery to remove some bone spurs and replace some discs because his nerves were being affected and compressed to the point that it was affecting his walk. It was affecting, now y'all wouldn't have known because he's a warrior, but those of us that walk with him and love him, we noticed. He began to check it out, he had the surgery, and he's got a long healing. You've seen him here, he was here last weekend without his neck brace, I might add. But he, he, is, he went to the doctor and the doctor said, man, you've made a lot of progress, see? But he depends on those legs. He depends on those legs. What are you depending on? I, I want it, I see it, now Holy Spirit. What does he say? You gotta walk alongside, led by, total dependence on the Holy Spirit of God. That means every day talking to him. That means reading your Bible. And, and reading your Bible is no longer duty. Reading your Bible is, is the air you breathe. It is the water you drink. It is the food you have so that I can be who God has called me to be. And who is this person that God has called you to be? Fruit, fruit. Fruit comes bursting on the scene when you walk in the spirit and you deny the flesh, boom, fruit. And this kind of fruit, the way that it's constructed in the original Greek, it is a singular fruit, but then he lists a ton of different fruit. So it's like one tree with multiple colored fruit on that tree. One tree, lots of fruit. In other words, if you're a person of faith and you've come to Christ, planted inside of you, all of this fruit has been seeded inside of your soul. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Let's put the list up. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some people have categorized them in threes. The first three, love, joy, peace. That is directed up to God. 
patience, kindness, goodness. That is directed fruit, directed out toward others. And then faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's fruit even on the internal person that you are. So it's kind of an up and out and an in, which would marry and, and complement beautifully with Matthew 22. And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with everything you got up. Love your neighbor out as yourself in. What do we see here? You see God with the totality of your being, fruit. The internal life, fruit. The external life, fruit. And the divine life, fruit. Fruit, fruit, fruit. How do I get it? Again, what a list. It's a list of perfection. And I love what it says here at the very end, against such things, no law. There's no law against this list. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, if you're doing all of this, you would break no laws. This is the life you were originally wired to live. So today, I believe I'm a little closer than I was before, bearing fruit. What can you do to close the gap between the person you know you could be, should be, would be fruit? Okay, one last thought. John chapter 15 gives us a really beautiful picture that'll help you stick with it. John 15 says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me. Any of you ever been to Napa? Napa? I've never been to Napa. I've been to Grapevine, I saw that. You know, I want to go, right? So I'm like walking among the vines. And I'm like, I'm in. No, it's grapevine. 121's right there. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I, the picture of those vines, the picture of the orchard, you see what they do is they, they put the trellises up and they organize the vines. Why? They got to keep the vines out of the dirt. You want, the, you want the vines planted in the soil for nutrients. But there's also a threat in that soil that you've got to get out of the dirt because of disease. So they put you on the trellis and then they put you up high so you can break past the shadows into full exposure of the sun. And as the years go, you begin to produce amazing fruit. And I did a Google search. I was like, ancient vines, right? And I begin to see a picture of what those vines look like. Big, thick vines. Something about those vines, guess what? No trellises, no trellises. Because there was a point where they outgrew the need for some, some things that they needed early on. Hey, I'm strong enough now. I'm good, here we go. And when I see that picture, I ask myself, what is, the, what is the mature, strong, mighty vine have in common with the first picture where they were put up on that trellis? Both are constantly being pruned. Both have their roots where it gives you nutrients and both have a full exposure to the sun. 
could I allow that to be your prayer today? Mighty oaks, mighty vines, that you would have your roots in the person and the power of the Holy Spirit of God and that you would bask in the, in the story and in the knowledge of the Son, that you would be a mighty oak. Can we pray together? First, I wanna invite you, if you're here today and you'd say, I, I have to get this right before I walk out of this room. I'm ready to cross the line and follow Jesus. I may have some doubts, but I'm ready to live with those doubts on the other side of a relationship with Jesus rather than let those doubts keep me from Jesus. I'm ready, I'm in. Or maybe you would say, I've been hurt, but I'm not gonna allow that pain keep me away from Jesus. I'm crossing the line today. If that's you, right where you are, would you just pray, God, save me, adopt me. May I never be the same again. I've explained it today. The crucified and risen Christ paid for it all so that you could have it all. Cross the line right now. God, I'm in, I'm in. I want the life that you always destined me to live. I choose to follow you, God. You've been knocking on my heart. Maybe you're a Christ follower and you say, I'm an heir, I'm a Christ follower, but I have not been taking hold of my inheritance. I've been living a powerless life, a fruitless life, or settling for a mediocre life. God, I pray right now for us today to reject the flesh, walk in the spirit, abide in you, and may the fruit of our lives bear witness that we have found you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about Keystone Church, please visit us at keystonechurch.com.